It's the first of November. I'm Pay from the Bear Claw Pod. I'm Dave from Vikings First and Skull. Foster Child, uh, Bleachers to Speakers. And I'm June. <laughs> and this is the NFC Roundtable going into week nine. Gentlemen, how you all doing so far? It's like we're a day removed from trade deadline. How you feeling? I can tell you, Vikings fans cannot have nice things. <laughs> Why do you say that, Dave? Because Kirk Cousins was playing his absolute best football of right. his entire career. The Vikings, everything was looking up. We're, we've got an easy schedule ahead until we play Detroit. Some might throw Cincinnati in there, but at least till Detroit. We could have possibly gone on like an eight-game winning streak and then pop mm-hmm. goes his Achilles. Emphasis on the pop. What was the game? What was the game? Uh was that that was versus uh the upset upset game. Who would who they beat on that night when they went? We beat San Francisco. Oh, San okay. Francisco, right? That particular yeah. night, I, I inboxed Foster and I said. This Minnesota offense looks very scary. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am, and this is without uh, Justin Jefferson. So right. I'm like, man, this is. And then Addison went out, and number four came in, and mm-hmm. he picked up right where it left off. I said, mm-hmm. I said yep. these guys are getting it together, boy. I tell you. So, like yeah. I said, we can't have nice things. If if only if only the Vikings could run the ball to match the aerial assault. Oh yeah, it, then it, we'd be dead. Nice. <laughs> so you yeah. spoke on it. Kirk Cousins popped his Achilles, done for the season, and they had, had to make a move. Surgery this morning, nonetheless, as we record on Wednesday. And they had to make a move. They were playing well, as you said. They were now four and four, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, Making a move towards the, I don't want to say, making a move towards the wild card. They're very much alive. So they had to make a move to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback. In comes Joshua Dobbs. How do you feel about that, Dave? I I don't object to it. Joshua Dobbs is an interesting individual. Very smart, by the way. He is literally a rocket scientist, has his degree in aerospace engineering, he has done some good things on the football field in the past as he's bounced around. He was originally drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then he's moved around, played for the Browns, and then Arizona. He was the one that whooped up on Dallas when Arizona shockingly to beat, beat the Cowboys this season. But he uh, he got benched in the last week, and he was traded this week to us. I think... We're going with Jaron Hall, our rookie, for this game coming up in week nine against the Atlanta Falcons. And if Jaron plays well, I think Jaron's keeping the job. If not, I look forward to seeing Josh Dobbs take that spot and see what he can do with good assets all around him. He didn't have that in Arizona, but he'll have wide receivers up the wazoo. He's got a great offensive line or will have a great offensive line in front of him. Hopefully our running game gets figured out between now and then, and he'll be set up for success if he can bring us to that level. 
Our only other option is Nick Mullins, who is on IR for a back injury of some sort. And there's no timeline on when he can come back. He's eligible to come back after this week, but there's been no progress in this situation. So we've got Jaron Hall or the new Joshua Dobbs, and that's who we're going to run with the rest of the season. I found it to be quite curious that Arizona decided to actually, they had to stick a draft pick with Josh Dobbs along to get the trade facilitated, and you all sent back a six-round pick. I found that curious. Um, we basically got him he, three. That's that's really what it is. Uh, he had been he played well. I, I'll just in, in quotation. He played well for a team that's one and seven. I don't know how he played as well as you can for a team that that's that bad who wants to actually be in the quarterback sweepstakes come draft season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, and uh, speak of the bleachers, cohorts. Yeah, uh, you all can probably chime in as well. As far as the as far as the lines and where we at right now. Yeah, go for it, Foster. Oh, well, um, so yeah, we're we're obviously coming off the the Monday night win uh, against the Raiders. Uh, wasn't our best effort, but. Um, you know, we we prevailed. We we won by a couple scores, and uh, we're heading into our bye week the way, pretty much the way we would have liked to, outside of what we did in the at the trade deadline, which wasn't much. We we picked up a receiver, a hometown guy. Um, we def uh, the the fan base was definitely hoping 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 to to make a uh, a bigger splash with the. Uh, you know, getting possibly getting a defensive back or a edge rusher as um, some of the other teams around us or, or a lot of some of the, the teams uh, in the NFC did. But, um, yeah, I mean, we we won. We we won going into the bye week. We're getting healthier. And I guess we'll just have to see what we can do with what we got. Yeah. I got one question for June, though. Since you guys beat the Las Vegas Raiders, what did Detroit do to cause half the front office and coach to be fired? That was amazing. (laughs) I think that was now. Now, mind you, I've been a Raiders fan since I was a kid. So there, and I pay attention to them and from the from a fan's point of view, the actual hire of Josh McDaniels was always in question, and I think he was on a short leash anyway. Um, there was uh, there was very, it was very cool of him being the choice, uh, looking at what he did at Denver before, and uh, I think he was on a short leash, and fans were not pleased. Uh, at the beginning of the season, um, when they decided to trade uh, Derek Carr, um, I don't think it was anything that the Lions did. I think it was more so the last straw because it was on national television, and they didn't look; they looked horrible. And I'm watching, and and I, and I'm paying attention because you know I, I I'm there in the stadium 
but I'm I'm a this is why uh I'm there. My wife bought tickets because the Lions were playing the Raiders. And she said, This is the best of both worlds. You'll get to see both teams. And I'm watching it. And there was one player on the field for the Raiders, and or maybe two if you want to throw Jacobs in there, but Max Crosby uh and Jacobs were the only two standout players. And they looked like, other than that, they looked like a team that wasn't ready to play football. It was, And they looked like that all year. They looked like that all year. They've had a couple of wins, but they've looked pretty uh, pedestrian all year long. On offense, at least. Well, yeah. Their defense well, isn't very good either, honestly. Numbers-wise. They, they have crossers. Their defense is from last time I looked, it was in the top ten. They might they might have changed after Gibbs and company ran all up and down the field on them. But uh their defense, that was the 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 thing that they held their hat on. Their offense, uh, like I said, they had they had a a good an average offense if this was the year nineteen ninety five. I think they are averaging like two fifty yards per game. Something like that. That's not going to get it. You know, they, you hired Josh McDaniels, who's supposed to be some sort of offensive wonder boy. Right. Not going not gonna to cut it. As uh, far as the trade deadline, me and Foster, we kind of have the same views. Uh, there's been some debates between the, the both of us, but trade line, we both uh, wanted uh, some kind of move to be made defensively, whether it was a cornerback or pass rush help something and uh we got a wide receiver donovan people's jones out of cleveland now at the same time while we feel like it's the pickup we we were kind of disappointed but at the same time we understood their viewpoint the lions organization viewpoint there were there wasn't going to salvage the future uh, while they're doing decent right now, because in the heart of hearts, I think this was a process that said, Hey, two, three years, we'll be in the Super Bowl. Let's not salvage. Like, like if you're eight and oh at this point, or seven and one with, with, with one narrow uh, loss, and you figure, Hey, this is a Super Bowl caliber team and we just need that one piece, then maybe so you make those moves. But I think, uh, and this is not Foster's thinking, this is mine. My perspective is, is maybe they said, okay, we're going to stand pat. We're not going to uh, salvage the future because we see something bigger going on down the line and we'll just get better with what we have. So That's pretty much the way the Vikings thought too. I completely Except forgot you exchanged the Jones for Jones. <laughs> uh, us, lost yeah, Marvin Jones, Marvin. traded for Donovan, Donovan Peoples. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I, didn't yeah. I didn't think about that. Is there any is there any other... It, it's, he said it was family-related. Was there anything else to come out of that? That's all we know. Yeah, that's all we know. Um, I did watch his social media and he just kind of went home and went to his son's, one of his son's football games. So I don't know if it was just more towards focusing on fam. Yeah, they said family, right? Yeah. 
yeah. So yeah, I don't. Maybe he just mentally couldn't um, balance the two, and he was kind of struggling. And we don't know what you know what you know what was going on mentally that might have affected him from being on the field. But yeah, it, there wasn't much uh, shared about it. Kind of one. He kind of moved on with regular schedule program right after that. So. Someone else in this division is going to be spending a lot more time with their family. The Bears <laughs> re re removed another coach this week. Um, the, they fired the running backs coach. And what's been reported has been very, very limited. But they did make it a point to say that the human resources department was involved in this decision. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's me, but that's a weird thing to put into a sports uh, blurb. And what what makes it what makes it more odd is that this is the second time with this team that a decision was made on the coaching personnel at which human resources was involved. That makes you think that there's something very very wrong with this. With this, uh, what was going on in the locker room? You don't even have to watch watch the uh, the product on the field to understand that there's something wrong with what's going on at Hallis Hall. It's it, it it's trickle. It's a trickling down effect. We got our general manager traded for a pretty prominent, above average defensive end. I would say Montres uh, Sweat out of from the DC uh, Commanders sent a second round pick for him. And he's on an expiring contract. I'm going to say it again. The two <laughs> and six Bears sent a second round pick. For, they sent a second round pick for a guy who's on the last year of his deal. They did have know. an extension in place. We all thought they would if you're giving them a second. Right. Yeah. Uh, they, they say they're working on it. Let me, I'll just tell you this about our current general manager. He has not signed anybody to an extension. I don't know if this, I don't even know if he knows how. We, we in Bearsland think that it's because he doesn't like any of the guys from the past regime. He's just going to move on without them. Uh, maybe some of the guys were actually good and some of the guys you're replacing with aren't even better. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to give him that out. I'm just really, I'm willing to say that I don't. I doubt his ability to contract negotiate with anybody. As of, as you know, one of the top cornerbacks on the market this trade deadline season was Jalen Johnson, our um, a third uh, our third year cornerback who's garnered a lot of attention. He he's in his last year of a deal. They were trying to work something out. They couldn't come to the agreement. He said. Uh, the team said he can uh, seek a trade partner. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get traded, but so he looks like he's going to walk for free. Thanks a lot, folks. Um, <laughs> so I, it's, I, I don't really don't know, understand this team. We've got coaches being excused for stuff that doesn't look like it's it's on the field. Later, first came into this last game against the Chargers with the number five uh, ranked rushing offense. So I've. If, if out of any of the coaches on the staff, that's the one I would want to keep around. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but it's HR related. Maybe he forgot to fill out a piece of paperwork correctly. <laughs> Who knows? And no, no, in my team, it probably, it probably did. He probably <laughs> didn't fill out something that uh, he probably did. He probably didn't do some mandatory training, and he never. It, it kept going to his spam inbox, and he never clicked into it, and they had to walk him off for it. No, in my team, it's probably something ridiculous like that. Could be, could be, and we all hated that mandatory training stuff, especially in the military. We get that so often, slide after slide after slide, and they got smart and wouldn't let us cheat. And I'll just. <laughs> all right, let's take a commercial break and let's talk about week eight. So our division-leading Lions, you all have your bye week this week, getting getting back healthy, bringing back your main rusher, David uh, David Montgomery, and probably trying to get some more some bruises from Amon St. Brown and everybody else. Uh, Panesa, well, I, I believe he's been dealing with some stuff. Does this bye week come at the right time for you all? Yeah, we've we've definitely been um dealing with the injury bug all year. Um thus far we've been able to kind of, kind of maneuver it without it really affecting us too much. Um obviously Montgomery's been out the last couple of weeks. Brown was actually questionable last um uh, well this you know this past Monday. Um it says with illness, but I know he's been nursing some injuries as well. So um yeah, hopefully uh I'm thinking that the, the bye week will definitely help us get um, more healthy and prepare us for that um, that la you know that second you know the second leg of our of our schedule. Um, so yeah, perfect. Especially with us winning, we we got some momentum. I you know I hate to lose I hate to lose going into a bye week. So I think that going into it with the win, it kind of creates a, a perfect storm of um, of opportunity gives our also gives our guy that we just traded for an extra week. I think we, me and June talked about this yesterday, but it gives him an extra yeah. week to kind of um, get acclimated and, and um, you know, learn, you know, learn a playbook a little bit before he, you know, heads out West with us and uh, handle some business against the charges. It's, it's also about mid season as well. So uh, instead yeah. of having an early bye week and it's been a, it's been a long, uh, grueling eight weeks, so I couldn't come at a better time, especially with the injuries. Um, you know, you get a chance, and a lot of nicks and bruises, like people still played injured. That gives those people a chance to, you know, get some rest and heal. And like I said, he, we're a different team with Montgomery's playing. So, uh, and he's been out already a couple of weeks. The bye weeks give him an extra week to actually, uh, for healing and stuff like that. So it's good. It's a good time for it. Yeah. Obliques are one of the worst injuries you can have. Um, so he's got what close to a month of recoup time. That perfect, perfect timing for that bye week I agree with you. Yeah. Speaking of going, going down, going down South. So Minnesota, 
you've got Atlanta at the aforementioned Atlanta Falcons. You're going to start your rookie quarterback. Can you say his name again? I'm not too familiar with him. Jaron Hall. He's a BYU graduate. Mm-hmm. Is he is he more Zach Wilson or is he more um, funky quarterback? No, no, he's not Zach Wilson. No, not even close. He's he's more mobile. He's if I had to comp him to somebody, it would probably be a little bit closer to Russell Wilson mm. when he came out. He can move. He's got a motor, and he can run. He can also throw, and he's also disciplined, and he's he's very good. It's He was a fifth-rounder, though. There are some things about his games game that isn't quite as polished. He doesn't have that rocket arm that can sh- you know throw a 50-yard in the air or 70-yard in the air bomb. He can't do that. But he's where he's good at is that short and intermediate range, which you can win with. And he does have a good pocket presence, which up until this last year or so, Kirk never had. Um, Kirk developed it, which surprised me. But and and he can move. He's going to be more mobile. What I see is the Vikings going towards a more mobile quarterback, being able to run style of offense than what we had. And with adding Josh Dobbs as well to the mix. That fits in just perfectly, and I think that's what Kevin O'Connell wanted to do from the start, except for he had Kirk Cousins, and how that leads into next season, whether we draft somebody, whether we bring Kirk back, if he's healed, that's all up in the air. But we all all are looking forward to seeing how Kevin O'Connell adjusts the offense to a more running style of quarterback, and that's what we should see on Sunday. And hopefully it helps our running game too, because that's been trash. <laughs> if there's one thing that can help your running game, it's the Falcons and <laughs> their their defense. Um, if there's one thing about the Falcons, they always play close games. I don't know if you all noticed this watching watching the uh the noon games. The last game to complete is always Atlanta. There is always a drive to win the game. Whatever game, whoever team they're playing is always something like that. Um, there is, I, I am confident to say that it's going to be a close game between the Vikings and the Falcons just on that basis alone. They don't really have any game script on your, on your quarterback. Um, their offense is impotent. Their defense is okay. Right. <laughs> to be then, nice about it. And Bijan's going to be out. And Ritter was benched. We're getting mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke starting. Mm-hmm. Which for him could be another revenge game because we were the ones that released him originally. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I I look forward to watching it. It's going to be fun. No mm-hmm. matter which way it goes. I hope it starts the Jaron Hall era in the NFC North. But who knows? He's a fifth rounder. You can't expect too much of out of a fifth rounder, but I'm hoping something pops up and we turn out pretty decent. Taylor Heineke was a, did he go on? What did he go undrafted? I don't know if we got him undrafted or we got him late in the draft. He came out of uh, schools in Virginia beach. Um, I'm trying to remember it, 
But and he did fine as a backup, being groomed to come up until he kicked in a screen door and cut his foot. It was one of those glass storm door types, and he cut his foot, and that ended it in Minnesota. He Out then of anger up. or no? Oh, <laughs> out of being young and foolish and alcohol, where I'm, we assumed was involved. Sounds yeah, just yeah, yeah, things like that. But then he went on to ended up Washington, played well for quite a while for the Commanders. Mm-hmm. People love playing for him. Um, yeah, he he did go undrafted. Uh, he his first team was with Houston. He bounced around the league pretty much. This okay. is his fourth fourth team. Well, at Vikings, fifth team. So. Over under three and a half sacks on Tyler Heineke come Sunday. I'm, I'm going well, even all we've got for sacking is, uh, for the most part, is Daniel Hunter, who leads the league in sacks with 10. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we generate the rest with the blitz. I'm betting we go over three and a half. It's going to be a big sack day. Their offensive line is not that good. Yeah, Tyler Heineke. Yeah, yeah, there you go, right there. They give up. They they will give up the pressure. Tyler Heineke, he holds the ball a little bit too long. He tries to tries to make a superhero superhero type play. I think it's it's going to be a it's going to be a messy rockets type of game down down there in Atlanta. I I can already see the makings of this, <laughs> especially with your rookie quarterback who you say who likes to get out in the open, be be athletic. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be very fun. They should be entertaining. Now, Atlanta's favored. Oh, that has surprised three and a half. And it was, I think we were favored originally, and then once Kirk Cousins popped his Achilles, that it flipped. Mm-hmm. Which it should. I, if I was Vegas, I'd do the same thing. Oh yeah, oh, it's gonna be lines. fun playing down in the sphincter dome. That's funny, Dave. Uh, wait, <laughs> what else does it look like? <laughs> the the three and a half line is perfect because, as I said, it's Atlanta's always playing a three point game. That's what they do. The only other game in the uh, division of outside of the Bronco, uh, the Packers, who our Packer affiliate isn't here today. Uh, we have the Bears. Going to play the New Orleans Saints. Hey, both of us are playing NFC South teams. Mm-hmm. We're playing the New Orleans Saints. And let me be the first to tell you, if you won't hear this anywhere else, I have no idea what to expect. My my team, it's been so up and down. I they're they're better. I even the Bears are garbage. Uh, let me stop right there. Full stop. The Bears are garbage. <laughs> the Bears they're are garbage. Better than the Packers, though. Wow. They, but we, we love both of the you. Packers. I'd take the Bears over the Packers. I know you lost to them, but I mm. and, and that that in lies my conundrum. We we're better. I want to say we're better than our record, but I really don't have an argument to prove that. So I, it's it's weird. We should have beaten we we should have be, at, playing at our best. We should be we should have what five wins at the at the very least, playing at our best. 
the problem is we don't play at our best enough. Um, we're going down south. We're going to play the New Orleans Saints, the Derek Carr, Talcum, uh, Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints. We're probably going to give up a, another record day to Alvin Kamara. This is going to Dave. I would not be surprised if David Carr actually rekindles something old, old in himself, and actually has a halfway decent game against us as well. We've got, as I as I said, Jalen John, who who was looking to get traded, he's still here. So there might be some issue there. We have, we don't, we at this moment, we don't know who the running backs coach is. We don't really, we didn't have a assistant running backs coach, so. Our best unit is leaderless. We still have our number one number one running back. He's still in IR. Our head coach is still the defensive coordinator. And that's a lot to ask of him, even though the def- and the defense got drugged up and down the field against the Chargers. I oh, but on the plus side, we did bring in a better defensive end. I don't know what to expect from it though. I, I I've, I've, yeah, but that, that's probably one of the easiest spots to transition on a trade because defensive end, all you got to do is say, get the quarterback. And for the most part, that's his responsibility. Is, there's not a whole lot of in-depth play. Yeah, he's going to learn and he'll have a linebacker go move one gap left or say something like that. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot more that he's going to need just to play. Now, rest the quarterback. Rush the quarterback. Don't let nobody get outside you. Yeah, that's keep it. contained. That's that's they pretty much deployed him that way in DC. They uh, he was pretty much a, a contained in. Um, I hope, I hope that the Bears had said, you know what, we can use him differently in this game. We can use him as you know, Pennant's ear back type of guy, and we can unleash him. I would hope that they didn't go get somebody to play contain and we have the, the we are rock bottom in quarterback sacks ah. if we <laughs> but you here, know what again know how good you are but we need you to stand right over here and don't let anybody get by you yeah that's sort of and, and that goes right back to my point i don't know what to expect from this team on a day on a game to game basis if i was to give a prediction on this on this on this game coming up i would say Taysom Hill scores two touchdowns. The Bears score nine points, and we lose uh, seventeen to nine. As as and it just cuts just like that. That's just, uh, I, it's hard to have faith in this in this squad to do anything other than the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your running game coordinator? Who does that? Was it your running back coach, or is it your offensive line coach? I was on running back coach. The now it'll probably move to your O line coach. Then that's a lot of team. It's done. It depends how the team runs it, but a lot of times the O line coach is the one that runs it. Maybe I mean he's not the he's not the biggest issue with our offense. I, I, as long as it doesn't it doesn't go to our offensive coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's supposed to be working on the pass end of that. And you see how and then they integrate those, all that together. But those results, those results have been, I wish I could say they've been varied, but they've, they've been less than desirable. 
Hey, I thought Badgett held up respectably for how you guys got him. The thing with Tyson Badgett, um, he does one thing well, and that's the one thing we wish Justin Fields could do. He he recognizes pre-snap pressure, and he gets rid of the ball fast. And, you know, you can say that's well, or you can say that's somebody who doesn't, doesn't trust throwing the ball you know, doesn't trust going, going through his reads and putting the ball down the field. He just wants to get the ball out to his hot route, who's, you know, nine out of ten is going to be open. Um, I, Justin Fields will be, will be healthy today if he can just do that. We He knows, and we all know, he's got the tools to put the ball anywhere on the field. But he's, he wants to hold the ball and, and wait for the wait to get hit. Uh, that's the one thing that Tyson Tyson has working for him. Other than that, he doesn't have an above average arm. Uh, he's it's okay in, in in some respects, but if you force him to make tight windows throws, it's not going to work out well. And some of his inexperience did come come to show in that game versus the Chargers. But other than that, I have no, no, nothing um, negative to say about the kid. He's he's admirable for an undrafted for an undrafted rookie. He's it's better yeah, than most. D two school, yeah. I, and that's probably that's probably the bright spot of our offense. Our undrafted rookie looks okay. <laughs> for our, yeah, this has been a bad season. <laughs> Speaking of bad, the Green Bay Packers go out to Los Angeles <laughs> on Sunday. They play at noon. Green Bay should drop another one. I would think L.A., the Rams win this one, but we'll find out. Tough game. The, the things that Green Bay does well are things that the Rams can expose very easily. I agree with you as well. Um, and the things that they do well aren't in a, in a enormous amount. They Their best player, Jared Alexander, I don't think he's going to play. I think he's still going to be out. Um, Jordan Love has been – he had one good game, coincidentally, against my team. Uh, and he's it, just – he's been circling the drain all season since. Uh, I think this is a coming-out party for the Rams defense. They're going to snap out of it and do something real bad to that, to that Packers squad. Yep. I, I don't think it's going to be pretty. Listening to, I don't know what you all do, but on when the Packers lose in the Minnesota area, the local radio likes to play Packer vent lines. <laughs> and it is absolutely hilarious. It's funny. I wish Fire Bob was the here. owners. <laughs> I wish Bob was here. How many owners? How many owners you had to fire? It's what, how, it was like nine hundred of them. Hire <laughs> yeah, more. There's a board, some super secret <laughs> board that runs the hiring of their GM and their head coach. It's not secret. There's, I think, twelve people or something like that on it. But yeah, that's how we close out for week nine. Thinking the division goes one and two, does that without putting a without putting a face to it, does that sound plausible? 
It sounds possible. Yeah. Yeah. One and two. Yeah. Uh, uh, we hope, I hope there's, I, my, my, from the bottom of my heart, this is the first time since 98 I've actually done this, but I hope that that, that, that team does get that one because if it's another 0 and 3 or we'll be back here next week, you know, singing the, singing the blues and, and not, and not the Detroit blues. Yeah, they'll be sitting there going, "Wow, we had a great vacation." <laughs> uh, we we gained another half game on the division. <laughs> Lucky us. We didn't even play. Kind of difficult, like the the mood for me and for, we 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 don't have a game this week, and it's like, uh, I mean, we had, we know the 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 bye week is beneficial, but you know that's nothing like your team playing on Sunday. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. like. Uh, Hey, well, you, you do, you do have something to look forward to. One, you you will want to pick up another half game in the division, even though I think that's pretty much spelled out for you. You can, uh, I think the division is yours to yours to lose. However, you are still playing for number one seed in the conference. So, and I, if I'm not mistaken, Philly played. Yeah, Philly still plays this week. Yeah. Uh, you can Let me let me ask you something before you go there. Like I'm now, and I'm, and it's funny that you brought that up, Foster. What do you think about the 49ers? I know this is a NFC North talk, but they just lost three games in a row, and they picked up Chase Young. Do you do you think this is something that would help turn it around or anything for them? It, it will help. Without a doubt, that defensive line just got better. That defensive line is scary. Now, I think the Vikings may have shown how to beat the 49ers because they've lost. People are starting to implement what Flores did against them. Heck, they're copying what we did against Kansas City and, and even the Eagles where we came up just less than a score short. And it's and it's working, but especially against the 49ers. They've lost three in a row. I think them by trading for that player, that defensive line is going to be an absolute terror to whoever they play. And that's going to push them back up to the top with Philadelphia and you guys, if you make it that far, competing for the NFC's championship. Well, you know what I think with the, when it comes to the 49ers? I think um they're at their best when they're defending and running the ball. Um, one of the things that they've been exposed lately is depending upon the arm of a uh, Purdy. Yeah. Uh, he, he he's he is what he is. He's not going to be prolific. He can make the throws, but if you depend on his arm to win, you might have a little bit of a of, of a challenge for yourself. So I think with them bolstering up that defensive line, you, now you got Bosa and you got, you got young on that line. It gives you more opportunities to, to, to actually play offense give you a chance to uh, run the ball more because, you know, you have a better defensive product on the field and uh, you can play position football when you need to. Uh, also, they haven't had uh, Debo Samuel, and they're yeah. a different offense without him. So uh, you and take away the bye this week too. Yeah. 
So I think this is going to help them. Games in a row uh, can do a lot for your for your uh, for your mental. But I think they looked scary good when they were on when they were winning. They looked scary good. Mm-hmm. But, and Philly plays Dallas in Philadelphia in the afternoon game. So that'll probably be the Fox National because the other afternoon game on Fox is Vegas and Giants. No no doubt. Dallas Dallas has Dallas has stock in Fox. Of course. Of course they'll be on there for the afternoon. (laughs) Um, My uh good game. I mean interdivision, those are always good games. True. The NFC East games are pretty they're always competitive, uh, for for better or for worse. The way I looked at this San Francisco trade for Chase Young, I looked at it as as an indictment on Bosa, to be honest. Bosa's he's had a slow start this year. And you gotta remember he took off all the training well, not all of training camp, but he was doing his contract um, negotiation. He had held out for most of training camp and the preseason. So, and it's pretty much had a had a negative impact on how his season has started for the first eight games. He hasn't looked like the dominating, you know, world beater that he where we're used to seeing from the both from Bosa. And them going out there to get Chase, who is not in Bosa's weight class. Them going to get Chase tells me that they needed they needed more from Bosa. And they didn't think they was going to get it at least this season. You know, Chase is also on a uh, his last of his the last year of his rookie deal they didn't washington washington did not extend him his fifth year option so he would be a restricted free agent come come this come the spring uh also what, tearing, tearing things down yeah their new owner they uh he's want to get yeah. he's, gonna, he's cutting salary that's what that is you know you get you know when companies get uh new management or new owners they what's the first thing they do cut salary uh to speak uh, also go back to what you said, Joe. They they're Debo Samuel Samuel, no disrespect to CMC, but without Debo, Debo's their number one playmaker. Uh no, yes. Debo the last two and a half games, uh, that would have a negative effect on the offense. And the offense has been the part that's been struggling for San Francisco. I won't put it on Brock Purdy a lot on Brock. He did he had two con- he had two picks at the end of that. Vikings game that and it's become it's become a word of a sense that he had a concussion with yeah. those two picks. Um so I would give Brock a little bit more a little bit more grace. He doesn't you know he doesn't have his number one playmaker. He he definitely had definitely had the concussion at the end of that game. And but also what you did say what you said Dave there is a, a there's a template out for how you want to defend this team. Uh, Cleveland did it. They played man pretty much the whole game, and Cleveland's got the type of defense that can do that. Now everybody else doesn't. Man, yeah, uh, and it and it gave Cleveland and it gave San Francisco, excuse me, some issue. Um, not everybody team, not every team can do that, but if the good the good teams can. Mm-hmm. So you know, be on, be aware, be aware. Do you know how Purdy got his concussion? What kind of play? Uh, I'm trying to remember it. He got. Who's on a. Say that again. They showed a clip from it because they had a camera over over the Mm -hmm. top. It was on a tush push. Yeah. 
He came, he jumped across, which was fine. He was fine. But we had um, Jordan Hicks, our middle linebacker, smacked him because Jordan Hicks was going the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Helmet to helmet, bang. And his head snapped back sideways. Mm. That's how it happened. They didn't they didn't realize it at the time, but by the time they were heading out, he was showing all sorts of symptoms. Yeah, he definitely was. They they didn't they didn't um diagnose him with him until the flight home. Right. And I, I'm I'm willing to say even if you're just watching that game, those pick those put those passes he made in that game didn't even look like you know passes that Brock would throw. They were throwing he was throwing into triple coverage. Mm-hmm. He was asking for interception. He definitely he was he was scrambled. So he's back healthy. Debo's back healthy. You get Chase acclimated. I think the, the Niners go back up to where they sh- they should be, which is a you know one of the two three best teams in the conference. Easy. Mm-hmm. What they're third right now in the conference, I think. Yeah, that's just, yeah, that's crazy. So you Philly, know, then Detroit, and then them. Actually, uh, Dallas is ahead of them too. Dallas is five and two. Okay, yeah, but Dallas technically would be Dallas would be the wild card. San Francisco as well. So, um, San Francisco is behind Seattle. Seattle's five and two. So, you would have three. It's three wild cards, right? Yeah. You have the four division winners and three wild cards. So you got so, Dallas, San Francisco, and yeah, it it goes. Yeah, that's it. You have Philly would win the East. Detroit wins the Central or the North, I should say. We yeah. have um, Seattle wins the West. Dallas would be a wild card. San Francisco would be a wild card. As of right now, Atlanta wins the South, and my Vikings would be number seven, the last wild card. Because we I have think, a tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota will have a tiebreaker. He, they have the conference win percentage tiebreaker. So, mm-hmm. what's New yes. Orleans' record? Four and four. Okay. Yeah, five and four after this after this weekend. Well, we hope to be five yeah. and four as well. <laughs> All right, fellas. This was uh, another great week with your NFC crew. Uh round table. You can find all Bears talk at the Bear Claw Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, even on YouTube, TikTok. We got very entertaining memes and clips posted there as well on Facebook. Where can they find you uh, You guys at, Julian Foster? Uh, everywhere at uh, Bleachers to Speak. Well, on Motor City Metrics on YouTube, um, but you can just uh, probably just Google Bleachers to Speakers, Lions, and uh, our stuff should come up. And Vikings First and Skull can be found at Vikings First and Skull on YouTube and all our podcasts, which isn't just our YouTube stuff. 
because we have some for podcast only content can be found at your favorite aggregator. We're on all of them, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever we're there. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I follow all you guys shows. love to listen to them. In fact, I, I follow you all on Amazon, Amazon music. So <laughs> we're everywhere. We're global fans first sports network. Get in where you fit in until next week. Bear down. Skull Vikings. <laughs>